All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Healing Intentions. This is your host, Dr. Adrian Mamedi. Whoa, whoa. Today, <laughs> today I have an awesome, super special guest, uh, Tyler Drake. Welcome, Tyler. Thank you, brother. Really, really good to have you on here, man. Uh, you're one of the amazing souls I met recently here in Dallas for the Dr. Joe Dispenza meditation retreat. And, whoop, whoop. Oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> what an experience, man. <laughs> so, so much to talk about, so much to integrate. It's been just absolutely nuts since that retreat for, for me in my life. And I'm sure the same for you as well. And so I thought, hey, let's let's get together. Let's record a podcast, talk about our experiences, our our truths that we have to share to the world and, you know, any any wisdom that that might come out of that. So why don't we start off, Tyler, just uh, a little brief intro, kind of tell us about yourself and and kind of, you know, the brief highlight of the highlights of your life up until this point, kind of what brought you to this point? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, first off, yeah, thanks for inviting me. This is the first podcast I've done in a while. Um, so the way I view this experience, tangible reality is that there's a mirror forward, there's a mirror backwards, and I'm always at the point of paradox in between, right? And so my vantage point, no matter what I'm thinking about, focusing on, all of that determines the story in which I tell, right? As I'm looking in the rear view mirror, it's the equal opposite of my current now. So the past is not real in that sense. There's a reality of what's transpired, but there's my, which is objective. And then there's my subjective experience of whatever that is. So right. you ask a very loaded question. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What self is that that I'm describing? Right. Right. So with that said, um, You know, my mission in life is to ignite even more passion inside myself and you, mm. right? I used to say myself and others. I figured this one out at Tony Robbins, actually, a date with destiny right here. This was the consolidation of that experience. Seven days of just ridiculously deep diving, understanding on a solistic level what it is that I'm about, right? What lights me up? How do I activate? And by extension, learning so much about how to connect and build bridges with anyone and everything else, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's a good, fair. That is a loaded question. And I, it's like, where do you go with that? I, you know, I guess in my mind, it's like a, a way to begin like a brief introduction. Tell me about yourself, your life, but you're such a multidimensional being that it's like, well, what, what version of the self and what version of the past, future, present do you want to hear about? So fair enough. I appreciate well, that. Yeah, the, the actual points and the details, it's like all of it has brought me to now. And that's why, you know, our listeners tuned into this podcast at the moment, right? It's because it's now that's inspired them take the action right in hyphen spirit it's the inside desire the eros coming mm -hmm. through right and so the details of my journey i mean my goodness just like you we we all have these incredible stories i mean 37 years on this planet that's a lot of rotations around the sun 
Um, I don't know the math on that, but one of the ways that I like to look at life is three years is about a thousand days. I know it's more than a thousand, but I like to think about it as a thousand, right? It feels so solid. And so when I think about like what's happened in just one year, there's a ton, but what's happened over the last 1000 days and nights. Oh my goodness. I have a baby girl was married, going through a divorce. Um, there's, I live in Dallas now. I used to live in Portland and then it was Tahoe. And, you know, there's just so much, uh, that's shifted and, um, yeah. And yet there's one consistent thread, right? Which is my unique vantage point. So in that sense, I am the center of my universe, just like you're the center of your universe, not from an ego sense, the center of the entire universe, but because we are all subjective observers having our own experiences, that reality has been profound. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, well said. And, you know, I just want to start off by saying that you really, really impressed me when we got together after the retreat. We didn't meet at all during the retreat. Right. But we, we met at that amazing boat party that just was such a special a gathering of you know whatever 30 or 40 of us so amazing I mean we were on such a high vibe after that retreat and then we get on this boat and just exponentially raise those vibes even higher together and then you just start freestyling <laughs> and just blew my mind dude I have the videos that I took of you I was like who is this guy oh and please share those I haven't seen them yet Oh yeah, I will. I will. Um, maybe I'll clip them into this, <laughs> into <Yeah>. this podcast. <laughs> Who am I? Freeze Tyler, right? Freestyler the Drake is one of my current nomenclatures. I love it. Yeah. And then just very impressive, uh, you know, the, the, the gifts that you had to share, uh, on many levels, we can talk about that a little later down the podcast. And, uh, I just was like, wow. And then we hung out uh on the you know at, at it'll do and <laughs> an experience that i'll never forget in my entire life man wow 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 and just so so grateful the connection we made and and the experiences we had and that was like just over a month ago i mean talk about time and it's like <laughs> whoa <laughs> so much has happened since then so much happened during that time that we're kind of still unpacking you know mm -hmm. and and so yeah just really grateful we connected man and very impressed by your wordsmithing your way that you put together words and and language and you know to to concisely talk about these really complex ideas and thoughts and topics that i'm just like you know grateful just just grateful that that we're connected so uh one of the words you mentioned already eros and I and I've never heard that word until Aubrey Marcus. So talk about Eros and what you've learned from it, you know, from that and, and what that means to you. Yeah, well, I was just at Fit for Service Sedona for my first, uh, like deep dive into Fit for Service, one of the core summits. And it was at Aubrey's ranch. Sedona is a very unique place, the amount of energy that flows through there. People talk about, oh, so Sedona is this energetic vortex. Well, it is just physics. There's a lot of iron in the soil. And then there's, um, my understanding is that there's like a rutilated 
some sort of quartz that runs through. And so it's the combination of a highly electrically conductive, um, you know, area. Mm -hmm. And then there's just the majestic beauty of that place and physical elevation. I don't know what that is, but um, it is a, a wondrous place. And so, yeah, Aubrey, Aubrey has been somebody I've been paying attention to for only a few years, actually. I've been in the personal development game since I was, you know, a young and um, my mom, actually, I get to thank for that. She would bring me like quotes from, you know, Jim Rohn or like, you know, Dennis Waitley, and these chicken soup for the soul kind of stuff, you know, and mm -hmm. she's always been an ultra optimist and such a connector and bridge builder. And um, she actually just taught me unconditional love in so many different aspects um, for myself. And like, you know, as I've gone through the journey of childhood to big kid. Uh, mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Because if we're not a kid, then what are we? We're old. Who wants right. to be that, right? Let's be playful. Play oh, right. hyphen F-U-L-L. Playful. Fully playing. Mm -hmm. You're big on the hyphens. You're a big oh, I hyphenator. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dad it. Loves the hyphenator. Totally, man. So, yeah, this, this whole thing was um, basically I experienced the Arcadia Festival, which was a highly conscious high vibe festival that incorporated like the most delicious delectable music with integrative speaking experiences like solistic up levelment and so it was this excuse to play full out in such a unique way like people wearing stuff being the parts of themselves that were hidden in so many different aspects and elements and the tribe that formed from there, the soul family has been palpable and significant in my life in so many ways. And so the ripple effect of that, um, it's just been great. It led to Burning Man, which, oh my mm. goodness, that in and of itself was <laughs> transcendent. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll and talk about that in depth more because there's a lot to go into on that one. Yeah. And the fam just keeps growing. Like to find tribe, people that have such soul resonance where, you know, we can reference a point, like, you know, say something like scale of consciousness, like, oh yeah, which perspective are you thinking? Spiral dynamics? Are you thinking like letting go, David Hawkins style, power versus force, uh -huh. you know, oh, uh -huh. Abraham Hicks, you know, and uh -huh. <laughs> it's so beautiful so that's led me to i had to say yes to sedona i had to it was just an absolute must and the theme of that experience that retreat was bringing light to the shadow mm. we are one thing mm -hmm. right and there is this incredible paradox there's always the infinity and we are that point in between so in any situation there's always you know, two poles, and then there's that sacred neutral point of view that exists in between. So anytime mm -hmm. that I'm suppressing my shadow is actually suppressing my ability to love, connect, hold, because all of it is just truth for each of us at a core level, right? At my signature frequency, there's truth. Mm -hmm. And so 
what am I to do? Am I just going to block? Am I going to close off? Am I going to keep things in the closet? Or am I going to embrace the wholeness of me and bring love into what I considered unforgivable, unlovable, right? Disconnected from. So bringing unity and coherent connection where there was not prior. Mm. Wow. That's beautiful. So, so what does Eros mean exactly then? Is that what it means? Okay. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for bringing it full circle. I'm a tangential thinker, FYI. So you can yeah. feel free and be the director and conductor. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So with Eros, that is our sexual energy, right? And it's been misinterpreted in so many different ways because our sexual energy is our life force it is our creative energy literally creation happens only via sexual energy and so this is why it's linked to the root chakra right the part that keeps us rooted to this physical vessel this incarnation this experience this tangible physical 3d reality um, that so many people believe is real mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the and pause so, there, man. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. <laughs> so the Eros is the driving force. And this is why light to the shadow, because there's so many societal constructs that have been perpetuated now for some of them centuries, some millennia. And a lot of it has to do with shame, guilt, judgment, mm -hmm. um, and oppression of instead of understanding curiosity expression like where are these driving forces and factors coming from right and so the bottom stack of the chakras right the energy centers as Spenza so elegantly reframes so there's not all these you know connotations that show up but basically it's primal i call it the primal stack right yeah. so it's all the things that are protection survival creation and then it goes up to the heart. And at the heart, that's where we transmute all of those self-interests, right? And remember that we're actually all one thing, mm -hmm. right? There's never separation ever. There can feel like it when I'm in the bottom stack in that survival aspect and element. And so from the heart, it goes up to the throat chakra. And this is where, you know, our creative force, God spoke the heavens and the earth into existence, right? Mm -hmm. These concepts are holistic. They don't actually separate. Like Christianity is one vantage point, right? Judaism, right? You can go down any sort of religious philosophical perspective. And the more that I see, the more I see the parallels. So as right, far as right. Eros, it's honoring what it is that's creativity, what lights me up right? Passion is actually derived from there. Mm -hmm. So that's the big theme. And ultimately, there's been so much shame around that energy, because that creative force is not just sexual, it does not mean physical intimacy. That's what it's been perverted, it's been translated to mean, and that's not actually the case. It is creativity, on the fullest term. Totally. Wow. That's powerful. I mean, that's such a deep concept. I'm sure we could spend a whole hour talking about that and what it means. And I'm sure you guys went in depth at, at, you know, fit for service with all of that. 
Um, so that's amazing. Makes a lot of sense though. Uh, thank you for sharing. And what was the experience like with fit for service and, and Aubrey's whole thing? Um, I, I'm new to it all. And I, I don't know too much just from the few people that have you know talked about it. But it, are you continuing through that? Is that the first of multiple retreats that you're doing? Like, how does that all work? And how do you see yourself, you know, working with that in the future? Yeah, I love it. So Aubrey started this about five years ago. Mm -hmm. For I think they're headed into their fifth year. And momentum's growing. Um, you know, the way that they bring everything together, the degree of coherence, it's a very small container for, you know, it's it was 250 people at this summit, right? So less than 300, including everybody, right, that was involved in the service and, and caretaking in the process. Mm -hmm. um, they could have 1000s of people if they want. That's not the goal, right? There's application, there's a filtering process. And so basically, there's um, you know, an infinite amount of perspectives on how to remember that we're all one thing. Right. And so each of us have our paths of getting there. Dispenza, straight up meditation, got into the bike accident, could not move, was paralyzed, literally meditated, and restored his spine. Yep. Like, Okay, so he found a path, right, right? right? I can't move. Why don't I, yeah. <laughs> you know, go inside and let's just see what happens. And he started to visualize it and his body actually was in training all of the reformation of stuff that was believed to not be able to reform. Right. So in that process, he's become an epic master teacher. And I consider a Western Buddha in the sense that he's bringing core truths via the scientific method so that the left brain society that we tend to be living in, at least here in America, is able to grab and attach. So it's not just this theoretical thing, oh, you're doing these chakras and how's that different than prayer? And, you know, so mm -hmm. this is why I love this stuff because like Tony Robbins has been a huge mentor of mine and those six, you know, in-person immersion experiences have been transformational on so many levels starting in 2018. And, you know, Dispenza is a recent one, right? Aubrey Marcus is a recent one. Aubrey's approach had to do with psychedelics and going into the jungle, drinking ayahuasca, like, you know, 13 years ago, and then coming out as a new name and a new person and creating an impact on the world. That's when he formed on it and wanted to help people with their fitness and nutrition inside their bodies so that they can become a better you know, expression, not even a better, a more holistic expression, a more full, energized expression of their signature frequency. Mm -hmm. And so now that he's transitioned on it, you know, fit for service is like, this is huge. This is like the soul mission, the soul path. Mm -hmm. um, and with Dispenza, it's like, he's at this phase where, I mean, you know how it is, right? You were just talking to Dr. Kamal, and you were hanging out and meditating with him, like the, the lead scientist behind dissecting all of these placebo, double blind scenarios of healing 
via just meditating. I mean, over seven days, we meditated for 35 hours together, 1800 of us participants. So probably 2000 ish people that were there. What? Like I've never meditated 35 hours in a week. I didn't do a 10 day vinyasa. Is that how you say it? Vinyasa. Vipassana. Yeah. Vipassana. Vipassana. Meditation retreat, you know? Yeah. I want to hear about that from you, brother. My goodness. Man. Yeah, dude. I, I, I think that it's hard not to be tangential when all these things that we're talking about are all connected. I mean, everything's connected, right? But especially all of these topics like Aubrey Marcus, Fit for Service, Arcadia, Tony Robbins, Joe Dispenza, you know, like how how do you not talk about them all in one answer? (laughs) So I I feel you on that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'll just quickly say the 10 day Vipassana meditation, silent meditation retreat. uh, I did six years ago, when I was 30, before I'd ever touched any psychedelic. uh, And man, (laughs) what an entry into that whole realm, because after all of my psychedelic experiences since then, it was like validation, like confirmation of like, hey, man, remember that meditation retreat? you were at these states naturally without any plant medicines on board. You got there without even knowing you were getting there. And then when I would take these plant medicines, it'd be like, here you go. Here you are again. You know, that analogy of like the meditation and breath work and all that's like walking up the mountain and plant medicines are like a helicopter ride to the top. You know, you see what's possible, but then you always come back down. And that's why they say in the psychedelic community, it's all about the integration work. What are you doing with that insight, that peak experience to integrate it into your daily life, you know? And that's what I realized at the dispenser retreat is that the plant medicines are awesome and they have their, you know, their place and and our paths for sure. But then it always comes down to that integration. So it's like the integration is the meditation. (laughs) So just do the meditation. (laughs) every day like he talks about you know and it's just a beautiful thing i I definitely recommend the vipassana meditation retreat to people that feel called it's super intense 10 days silent no talking no reading books no talking to the other people you're not even supposed to make eye contact with each other and for Uh, people like you and i that's like You literally feel like you're losing your mind the first few days, you know, and and then it just kind of gives up. And then it's just like straight, peaceful. I don't know. It's hard to describe, you know, words don't really do it justice. You know, it's like you just have to experience it. And and so uh, the cool thing about what they do is it's donation based. It's it's free. They provide lodging and vegetarian food for 10 days. Uh, and then you just donate what you can. So that's pretty awesome. And I know that that's something that was a little bit of a fiasco that happened with Arcadia. It was a, a price and then it became donation based and whatever. So I love that Aubrey was able to adapt and, you know, change it um, and make it donation based. But uh, I understand, you know, in the 3D realm we're living in, there's costs and there's things that, you know, have to be paid for. So you know, you got to go, you got to work with it. But did you participate? Were you there? No, I wasn't there. No, I, I knew okay. about it. But I just, you know, you can't do every event 
possible, right? You have to pick and choose at some point. So I just, I couldn't make it to that one. But uh, Aubrey's been a big inspiration of mine. I've learned a lot from his podcasts over the years. Um, read his book, met him in person there at the Meat Delic Psychedelic Conference. And uh, his speech was one of my favorites. He was the only person that didn't use a PowerPoint. Every other speaker had a PowerPoint up behind them. And he's the only one that just spoke right from his heart. And I was like, wow, that's impressive. It was awesome. So, so yeah, man. Um, that's the true PowerPoint. Right, right. <laughs> Literally, man, there you are again. <laughs> Iron Man, bro. We all got our, our flux capacitor right here at the center, right? Just hit 88 miles an hour. That point of but, infinity twice. Paradox in between two eyes. Boom. There it is. See through that heart vision. Turn that heart bulb on and let it shine. Yeah. Wow. Back to the future. You got me with that one. That's one of my favorites. Um, wow. So let's go. Let's, you know, jump around how we like to do. Tell me about your latest retreat experience with La Pacero there in, in Texas. How was that? T talk about that. We haven't talked at all about it. So can't wait to to hear your your feedback on it. Sure. Um, one of the things that was coming up for me, I, I love, I'm going to go back to what you shared here, the helicopter analogy versus the climbing. Um, so ha, the way I've thought about it is that there's kind of like keys to unlock, but all of it exists within. Mm. Right. And that's what I think you're, um, am I saying it right? Vinyasa? Vipassana. Vipassana. Vinyasa is a yoga term, like a vinyasa flow, but Vipassana, yeah. Vipassana retreat, yep. right? It reminds all of these things, like we're actually the chemical factory, right? Mm -hmm. When something is ingested, consumed, right, that's brought into the body in one way, shape, or form, whether that's literally just the air particulates that we're surrounded by, the water that we're drinking, literally all of it, right, is a, a chemical concoction, and it's going into our, our manifestation here. And when it happens, you know, it's either a response or a reaction. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's the stimulus and the response. There's always the space in between. And it's like, is my body responding or reacting to what's happening? Reaction, wanting to push away, responding, embracing, right. And it's accelerating. And so mm -hmm. um, caffeine is one of the, you know, most accepted stimulants period it's societally acceptable it's a very potent drug yeah. and yet it's societally acceptable because it you know leans people towards productivity right right so when i think about this stuff you know it's so interesting because the more that i've been meditating deeply and actually practicing like with dispensa drawing up the cerebrospinal fluid right squeezing from the perineum the root chakra that sexual creative energy and literally just visualizing going up touching the pineal gland right which is theoretically the connection to the infinite mm -hmm. and as it activates as that piezoelectric effect the actual pressure of that cerebrospinal fluid activates the electrical magnetic component boom we're able to transcend that's why it's been called the third eye for so long but dispenza reframe that for me in the most elegant way it's actually our first eye mm. Mm -hmm. that's the point of connection 
So as it relates to like psychedelics, psychedelics might actually allow a quicker access, like a code, almost like a cheat code to get into a state or an awareness, but it can't happen separate from us. Right. Right. And that's where Dispenza is so magical and magnificent is that he's bringing that fundamental reality to the masses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of the masses can experience these peak states and peak, you know, experiences and awakenings without any substance on board at all, right? We heard it all throughout the room, you know, the, the Kundalini rising, you know, whatever you want to call it and all of a sudden these people are just like having the most insane experiences you can hear it you know and, and like you said you know when it's real and then they know when it's not real and <clears throat> that's great for a lot of people i think some people though it might be tough it might take a lot of work and a lot of effort and maybe a lot of time to get to that and they maybe aren't patient or they're not willing to put in the work or whatever and so that's where I think the plant medicines can become interesting is like a little, a little push, you know, just a little nudge off the cliff and you a know, little the- nudge <laughs> or a big so nudge. My first, yeah. My first psychedelic experience, I was 18 and I ate mushrooms and mm-hmm. I was with friends and they said that they were going to be joining me in, in the journey. They weren't. And so it started out with deception which was a very interesting energy to begin. And it was at night and I was, um, yeah, I was in a place where it was, it was safe, but like the friends were very experienced here. And I think the whole concept was like, let's just see what happens with Tyler. Let's, let's go fuck with him essentially. Mm. And so at one point I decided to leave and I mean, it was, terrible i felt like my brain had melted i couldn't do math i prided myself on you know being intellectually strong and Uh so i was like no what did i do to my life all these dare programs were right it's just creating gray spots in my brain right and come to find out gray matter right it's such a potent beautiful thing but Mm -hmm. these depictions, these stories that are told just so that somebody stays conforming and sits inside a box. So throughout that evening, I had all sorts of different energetic experiences. And it wasn't until the sun was coming up in the morning, I, um, I lived in like a music studio behind a house at the time. And there was a little like platform that was going to be built up to be a tree house. And I remember laying there. And The sun came up and I just started weeping. So many tears just started flowing. I picked up my phone. I called my mom, called my grandma. I "I love you. I love you so much. Uh And then slowly but surely, I started to like be able to do math again. And, you know, it was like, okay, so maybe I didn't just die. And maybe I, I did, though, in different ways, right? That's what the ego death journey is all about is dying of the self to remember our oneness, our unity, our connectedness. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, man. And not no necessarily point. a gentle opening, right? That was, <laughs> yeah, right. Skydiving. Right. Yeah. And like a, a great analogy I've heard of like entrepreneurship 
which you're an entrepreneur as well as is entrepreneurship <laughs> is like uh, jumping off a cliff and assembling a plane on the way down. Yeah. Like I'm jumping and I'm going to figure it out on the way down. You know, I'm taking that leap of faith and that's what these plant medicines can certainly help in, in teaching and, and helping us remember. It's like, we already know it's all within us already. Right. It's just remember this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, and that's what, Oh man, never gets old, never gets old. And he's so, you know, intentional and conscious about the words he uses, how he uses them, his tone of voice. And that way, when we hear it again from his guided meditations, it just like, boom, just gets us right back into it, which is amazing. And so I, I feel like we could go on so many tangents here. I just want to finish up the plant medicine realm right now that we could talk about for right now. So I'm curious, Tyler, what has been your experience like with it you had the first experience with mushrooms how do you see plant medicines fitting into into life right now for you like what what does that look like what are the big takeaways you've gotten from them like how would you talk to somebody new about them you know just just riff on plant medicines for a bit yeah sure so oh It was, I don't know, four or five years after that, that I experienced mushrooms again. Mm. Okay. So just to begin with our origin point there, the potency of the experiences were completely different for each of us because we're all subjective, right? The chemical constituency of whatever it is that is being consumed organic inorganic doesn't matter right mm -hmm. it's all how we are dancing with it right energetically chemically emotionally right so plant medicines to me as a general category because again anything is sugar is a plant right mm -hmm. like Caffeine tends to come from the coffee beans or tea. Yep. These are plant medicines, right? Kale, Jim Gaffigan has a great bit on if you haven't heard. But we evolved to not have to eat food that tastes like this. <laughs> hey, yeah, I feel you there, Jim. <laughs> right? But yet I've grown to love kale. And that association with kale is so nutrient dense and so yeah the texture of the flavor in perspective to like an iceberg lettuce you know is going to be something that's more tangible it's more real it's more fibrous um and yet i've grown to love that so mm -hmm. the umbrella of plant medicine i think can be um challenging societally in so many ways yeah. because if we look at the you know, the revolution of consciousness back in the 60s and 70s, for example, uh, when these, you know, different psychedelics like mushrooms and LSD kind of were becoming more prevalent. Um, 
consciousness was expanding at a large degree. And I like to define consciousness as awareness, right? So it's not a hierarchical thing. It's just like, am I aware? For example, if I smile at somebody, right? Is it a genuine smile? Is it a part smile? Am I doing it because of my own self-interest? Do I want somebody, do I want Adrian? Do I want you to smile back, right? Mm -hmm. Is that why I'm smiling right now? Yeah. You know? And so that's just an awareness. It's a degree of consciousness. And so these tools have been massively transformational in my experience of expanding awareness, right? Just like meditation, the whole purpose is to become familiar with. That's what meditation actually means. And so people say, I can't meditate. Oh, you can't become familiar? Mm -hmm. Right maybe a different expression of becoming familiar. I mean, as an example, you know, there's different psychedelics will uh, tend to put different states tend to bring about different states. And so some are more calming, and introspective and bring into that meditative space. Others are like, massively expansive, extra dimensional, and will offer spaces and states that weren't perceived to be possible prior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, man. And I think there's, it's not for everybody. It's definitely becoming like the sexy topic these days, you know, where it's like blowing up and everybody's a plant medicine facilitator and integration coach and, you know, and it's it's definitely blowing up and getting the name out there, which I think ultimately is a good thing for the leveling up of consciousness, right? It just shows where we are as a society more than ever. Uh, but I think people need to be cautious, be aware of what they're getting into. It's definitely not for everybody and do it, you know, safely and smartly. But if you feel called to it, there's definitely a reason. And I think that there will be a lot of interesting developments happening in the space and how it all intersects together with Joe Dispenza's work in meditation. And I mean, no coincidence that they've done fMRI studies on long-term meditators' brains and people on psilocybin mushrooms. And the exact same parts of the brain are lit up, the default mode network, right? That's your ego, right? It's lit up. And so it's like many paths, one truth, like I said in the podcast with Megan, right? Yeah, many, many that. paths, many paths and one ultimate truth. But it's like some people may never need a psychedelic and they go to a Joe Dispenza retreat and they are fully with it. And some people maybe have one or two experiences with, with plant medicines and then they, they, they got the message. They can hang up the phone, you know, as Alan Watts says. Mm. And so, you know, or some may feel called to do it way more and, and work with the medicines and help to guide people through their journeys and, and everything in between. So I just think that people, you know, because I was one of those people that was brainwashed that thinking, oh, these are bad drugs, a bunch of losers and people that, you know, don't know what they're doing with their life or taking these things and just losing their minds and whatever, right? all the, the crazy bullshit that's said out there about it all. But once I realized the truth and started digging into cannabis first, and then the plant medicines next, 
I realized like, oh my God, we've been lied to about these medicines. Like they've been used for medicine around the world for thousands of years. So what, what is with these lies? And I hate being lied to. <laughs> and so, and you know, that's why I'm so passionate about getting the truth out there to people about these things. We're not saying, we're not sitting here saying, Hey, everybody take psychedelics. Cause they're the best. That's not what we said, you know? So it's just about getting the message out there, getting the truth out there. And I appreciate you sharing because I know it's not easy to talk about this stuff publicly. So it takes courage and, and I acknowledge you for that. And um, likewise, brother. And there's something I'd love to touch on here before you wrap a bow and ask another question that I deflect please, against. Please. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great at that. Yeah, please. <laughs> It's not even deflection. It's just that I feel like there's a natural gravity. And so it's following that gravity. And that distinction is around illegality and immorality. Right. Now, those two can coexist, but they're not mutually exclusive. And so I experienced this in, I lived in Oregon for most of my life. And so as, you know, marijuana became legal in Oregon, all of a sudden, Oh yeah, now all the, you know, 60-year-old persons like, oh yeah, I'll I'll smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a second. Just yesterday before that law passed, you were judging and wanting people to be jailed out right. of the principle that it was illegal. But yet, oh, the illegality changes, now it's moral. Right. I do not like that. I call that situational ethics. And that's somebody that's not done the introspective aspects of understanding that we are all sovereign beings, being and doing, harming no others, holding space in unity consciousness and the sacred neutral point of view, right? Like we are creator essence. I am not this separate God. I am an aspect and relationship of the allness that exists at all points. And anyone that tells me I'm not, is strictly living in a paradigm of separation. And yet we wouldn't be animated. We would not have life force flowing through us if we were separate from whatever term you want to use, right? Source being the source of it all. I love that terminology because it seems holistic, like solistically inclusive. It allows everybody Mm -hmm. their own many path, right? One truth aspect, there's life force. That life force that animates us is separate from any names, anything that I can say is personified. That's my perspective, right? Much Mm -hmm. love to anybody that sees that representation or has a person um, that they look up to as being that quintessential example. Um, But please don't judge me for having a different lens, just as my role, right? God, if you believe that God is a judge, Okay, now I'm projecting. I said, if you, if I believe that God is a judge up here banging a gavel and everything's black or white, then I would check myself on what morality is, not legality. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are very different things. So now in Oregon, psilocybin's legal, mm-hmm. right? So again, these psychedelics, ooh, bad, wrong, illegal. People are lighting up different areas, different neural nets are firing and wiring together, different forms of creativity are showing up. And guess what? Wow, 
the boxed society fit into this program. If you don't fit in this program, we're going to actually, you know, put you to the side, make you feel judged, less than, separated. And there's extreme examples of this, right? Psychological facilities that keep people in straitjackets or in isolation, which is considered one of the highest forms of punishment, right? Yeah. To literally the jail system. Like, why is it that somebody is still in jail right now? Charging the taxpayer, let's bring it back to all those different points, right? Anywhere between $80,000 to $250,000 a year, the numbers that I've heard, for them to be supported inside of a jail for something that's now not even illegal. Yeah. Yeah. Check your heart, please. If you're listening to this, tap in. This is the value of meditation is you literally are going inside. I, not you. I am going inside and I'm listening. Mm -hmm. Do I believe that this is moral? Do I believe this is ethical? Do I believe that this is my own personal choice, whether there's anything else involved or not? Then do I believe, is this illegal or legal? Because that's just a, a consensus of the people, ultimately, in this country, at least, that we get to exist. There's my riff. Oh, man. Thank you. That was awesome. Very, very important that you said all of that. I, I agree 100% with all of that. And and just, yeah, just check in with your heart. And, and are you living from fear? Or are you living from love? Because if you're living from fear, how's that worked out for society over these last couple of years? You know, <laughs> where's fear, you know, have a place in our society of of living like <laughs> when you're in fear your thinking shuts down you can't think because your brain is just overtaken by fear your prefrontal cortex literally just whoop, like shuts down and your amygdala is just bop, 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 firing 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 and you can't think about things like oh maybe the government doesn't actually have my best interest at, at heart like maybe they don't actually care about my health maybe they're just spouting things to just sell pharmaceutical products and force try to force us into these pharmaceutical products like is this really what's best for me that right there feels immoral yeah yet it's societally bought into so it's okay for because a doctor because adrian you're a doctor you can sign a slip that says, I'm prescribing this person to become chemically codependent upon this product that then is getting lobbied for permission to sell, patented so that no one else can sell it, right? And then yep. becomes this giant profit center and self-perpetuating prophecy where this person now is no longer a sovereign individual. They now have bought into this mindset, well, my doctor told me that i need this yeah which is coming from such a heart-centered beautiful place and if the doctor is coming from a heart-centered beautiful place not having their own special interests over here right write a prescription and all of a sudden oh cool i got a, another subscriber to my you know recurring revenue stream yeah yep yep yeah wow <laughs> It's so crazy, man. It's so crazy. But you know, once you see, you can't unsee. 
And, but once, when you're not seeing it, you're seeing it from a different perspective of, no, they really care about me, but it's my doctor. They went to medical school. I didn't go to medical school. You know, they know better, but it's more become religion and not science. Oh, it's more like, let's, let's bow down to the guys in the white coat because they're the leaders of it all. It's like, oh, not so fast there. Is that really what's best for you and your health? You got to tell you got to check in for to, to that because only you know best. You know, you know best for yourself and your body and it's just learning to tap into that awareness of your own body and having that, you know, my big vision for it all is to educate and empower people to realize they are their own self healers. Right? And once you realize that, you don't have this fear, this like, oh, but but my doctor said it's like, well, no, you realize you can heal. Hey, I get in a car accident. I'm not trying to heal myself and fix my own bones and put it, you know, take me to the hospital. It's time for the drugs. It's time for the surgery, right? But any chronic disease, I don't want to go anywhere near a conventional doctor because they're not taught health in the medical system. It's they're taught pathology. They're taught pharmaceuticals. Because like you said, it's all run by the pharmaceutical companies. And it's just like, how, what else do you expect from them? When you're a hammer, every problem is a nail. So <laughs> can you speak to your journey, pivoting in, in your 20s, desiring to create an entirely new life? Because you've got the handle. You're a doctor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dr. Adrian. <laughs> Yeah, got a nice I mean, ring to it, right? Doesn't the yeah. ego just light up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, doctor. <sighs> oh, it's so funny, man. The ego, <laughs> I, I, I don't even mention to most people that I'm a doctor. And, and then, then when I do, they're like, oh. And I can see in some people's perspectives and eyes how they all of a sudden treat me differently then. It's like, well, that's why I didn't tell you that I was a doctor right away. It's because now what I is the shift that you're experiencing? How how is that treatment shifted? Like if you were to be real specific versus mm -hmm. like being really general, just I would say specifically, I've noticed in people that like don't have a lot of confidence in themselves and their knowledge and their like intelligence. As soon as they they hear I'm a doctor, they right away like want to dumb themselves down. Even, oh, well, I don't really know that much. Like you're the doctor, you know, and I'm like, well, no, no, stop, stop right there. Like you do know a lot. And I'm trying to help you to remember that you do know a lot. And look, you, you knew that right there. And I just remind them through it. It's like there's no ego here at all. I don't even like to use the doctor title. I just happen to be, you know, I'm a different kind of a doctor. That's why when you said, you know, prescribed or whatever, it's like, that's not coming from me. <laughs> I don't even have those prescribing rights, thankfully, um, in mm. California, at least. And so I can prescribe hormones, I can, pres I can do IVs, but I'm not prescribing the, the harder, you know, pharmaceutical drugs. And I that's can't. interesting. Do you know the percentage of doctors that actually are in your same? Um, I, I don't know the distinctions there. Like how many doctors are able to prescribe versus how many are not? Yeah, it's it's state by state. Uh, it depends on each state. But like naturopathic doctors are licensed in like 27 or so states right now. Um, and only in Arizona and Washington I believe we're able to prescribe any drug, same as an MD can. 
Uh, but everywhere else, it just depends. Most of the states, we can't prescribe anything. It's just nutrition, supplements, you know, lifestyle modifications. But yeah, the 99% of the doctors out there, it's a pill for every ill, you know. A so. pill for every ill? Ooh. You like that one, freestyler? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh my goodness. I go to school for a while so I can get a thrill. Let the ego build up. You know, that's the deal. They call me doctor, just like the pepper, but I'm coming through luck. Like- a resurrector i'll be oh. resurrecting people from the spine i'll be doing it by signing signatures all the time so they can be prescriptions my reality is manifesting more generosity right that's not actually what's happening man it's that's crazy yeah yeah man i love wow. that you chose a path where you don't actually uh have prescriptions as an option that's amazing i did not realize that yeah. And, you know, the only benefit to having prescriptive rights is actually so that you can take people off of their drugs, because if you can prescribe it, then you can deprescribe it. But so I can't be officially the doctor taking somebody off of their drugs, but I can, you know, advise them and educate them on, hey, this is what this drug is doing. Da, 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 da. Here's your alternatives. Go talk to your prescribing doctor and you know, let's make some changes happen. But yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting being in this realm, because I was going to go the conventional doctor route when I was younger. And everything happens for a reason, right? I I believe that I would have been, you know, to put it nicely brainwashed. (laughs) And so it didn't happen for me. So instead, I went the finance route, did business, did sales. And then I still ended up back becoming a doctor thanks to cannabis, but a different kind of a doctor, you know, that's more about the holistic view and the mind, body, spirit, all being connected and all being one and really getting to the root cause of what's causing people's issues, not just covering up the symptoms. And that's really what it's about. And so my whole vision is to, like I said, educate people on that, the power they have within themselves to heal And in the meantime, raising the level of consciousness for people, right? And so here's, here we are doing that together right now. Uh, So really beautiful mission, mission, brother. I just, I love it. And just to double click real quick on one of the things that you said that it's just Mm -hmm. so potent, the doctor framing, It, it is really important. When you told me you were a doctor, it definitely shifted things right? And this is that consciousness expansion, that awareness expansion. How is it that I, you know, am I going into a, oh, am I subservient now? Is this person superior? Is it a hierarchical thing? Am I now valuing their opinion on a different degree? Am I intimidated? Right? What is actually showing up for me in that moment? Um, Because, you know, you're Adrian, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. doctor is an aspect of who you are. It's like a hat that you wear, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's been that way my whole life, right? It's I'm wearing a hat for each specific role. As the organization grows, there's more and more hats to be worn. But like mm-hmm. there's a different hat for everything. When I'm with my daughter, I'm wearing my dad hat, right? right. When right. I'm on this call, I'm I'm wearing my podcast hat, mm-hmm. right? When we're hanging out and we're just jamming, I might be in my music hat, right? Right, Or like my playful hat, you know? 
Yeah, totally. Totally get it. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. And it's, I'm grateful that I went through this journey and I, I am where I am. And I went, I beat myself up a lot for, oh, I'm so old. And what have I done? And da da da. And it's like, psh, man, I just realized I'm just getting started. You know, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Your evolution's around the sun, whatever, man. I feel like I'm 23. And I'm literally just getting started. So I'm I'm excited and optimistic and so thrilled for the future. So well, you're always going to be 23. I know that's your number. That's right. That's right. Yes, sir. Um, oh, and it's funny you said Dr. Pepper, by the way, because they also have 23 flavors in Dr. Pepper. So there you go. <laughs> uh, La Pacero retreat. We never talked about <laughs> it. So circle back, <laughs> let me reel you in. Yeah, so my friend Cam, he decided to launch his first retreat experience, um, being a participant in many other people's uh, retreat experiences, felt called to bring his own into fruition. Mm -hmm. um, he is a professional slackliner, and so he's done incredible feats like crossing canyons on a one-inch line, right? Wow with only a little strap, a little leash, and, you know, a carabiner hooked up to it. And when you fall, you know, you could be looking down at hundreds of feet. It, it defies all logic, right? And so the, the value of the slack line is like one, fun, right? Just play, stretching, being able to, you know, work with different, excuse me, different energies different energetics. And so when you step on the slack line, so at Burning Man, he like he's wearing a tutu and he hops up on uh, this, this slack line that's probably like 25 feet up in the air. Um, and it's like I don't know, 150, 200 feet long. It's, it's a substantial one for me. I'm blown away just even looking at this. And then I see him like climbing up the ladder and stuff. I'm like, wait a second, is Cam actually going to do this? I had no idea about any of this right prior oh, wow. that he was actually into slacklining <laughs> excuse me and so he lines up and he goes and i have my gopro out so i'm like filming the entire thing right and he gets like a third of the way through and then he's he's like starts to get wobbly right and he starts boom falls and does like the spin and then i watch him grab the line pull himself up i'm like wow that takes strength and then wow that takes an incredible incredible level of coherence internally to get back on the line and so he got back on the line and he crushed it he made it the whole other two-thirds and then made it backwards and like boom my mind is just blown I'm looking at it and so Cam gets down and I'm like bro how did you do that and then after you fell what's it like inside how do you find that center again and he says, well, the line is actually a reflection of my consciousness, mm. right? If I'm still, if I'm centered, if I'm coherent, the line is still centered and coherent. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And he tells me a day later, I'm watching a retreat. I want to teach slacklining you know, amongst all these other awesome aspects. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. Wow. So, so how, what was his retreat like just slacklining and like what, what happened there? It was, was a like for you? fully immersive 
experience. Um, he went all in. So his father passed away in April mm. and him and his father were very close. Scott was his name. And he literally is alchemizing his father's transition into non-physical by creating this lapicero means pencil in spanish right and a pencil happens to have an eraser and mm. so we can erase the stories that are disempowering that don't serve that don't light us up and we can then rewrite in a new story not even rewrite we're just writing right because right. there's only now and so everywhere i go there i am right so in now i'm writing a new story and so he brought in all the aspects and elements. I mean, he drinks alive water. So he has this high quality structured spring water that's in these beautiful flower of life encrusted glass mm -hmm. containers. He brought in like 70 jugs of this. So we were drinking alive water the entire time. And you as a doctor know, right? There's the yeah. doctor reference. But uh -huh. as a person, you know that the whole blood system is completely replaced after seven days. And so... <laughs> five days of drinking alive water i mean it's most of our blood has been completely up leveled mm -hmm. the food it literally they got an entire cow from a local farm everything mm -hmm. was sourced within 100 miles of wimberley texas nice. um like it's just it was so beautiful the quality of uh people the souls that were there just oh my goodness such and we haven't even touched on that aspect and element in the level of uh, profundity. My favorite thing about all of these immersion experiences is the people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. We got to meet because of this. Actually, we got to meet because of Megan, right? Yeah. And then inviting to the boat party. We didn't even know each other at all during the event and just immediately right. clicked. And yeah. so shout out, Megan. Thank you so much. And, Big you know. Out the whole team there Ramez and the whole crew big t yeah. and yeah, yeah. Big emma, t, and emma everybody yeah yeah Darcy. we're all all gonna be on the podcast i already in, uh, interviewed tyler gonna inter interview uh, Ramez. i'm gonna interview emma tomorrow so yeah that's all so awesome. awesome brother i love it like that's see this is the juice of life so it's like we we go tony robbins said this elegantly i mean this is i literally keep this stuff around all the time like this is mm -hmm. one from 2019 mm -hmm. and like the notes in here are just it's absurd and so yeah yeah he would say that people show up it was at business mastery he said this one because sometimes people didn't know what he was about and so they'd show up in like a suit and tie thinking oh well it's business right mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Then they go to Tony and he's like, yeah, like moving all this energy, like ex expressing every aspect and element and dimension that we can together as a unit, right? And creating a, a safe space to do that. And so he says, people come for what they want, but I make sure that they leave with what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's the people. That's it. That's the whole juice for me. Every single immersion experience, I'm like, boom mind gets blown gets expanded in so many different dimensions aspects elements and ultimately it's about the friendships that are formed the way that we get to co-create and collaborate and connect right yeah, celebrate yeah. accountability right like to have people on the same wavelengths where it's like it, there it's not even like from a judgment stance it's just when i talk to you i know like okay adrian's all month He's completely sober in every aspect and element. And so I can just touch base with you and be like, yo, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Totally. Oh, man.
it's so I I'll say it honestly here out live because I'm I really am trying to practice my truth and honesty. I broke the soberness, <laughs> but I did not break the semen retention. And honestly, that's the more powerful practice for me. And especially it being Scorpio season, and now it's officially done. It's Sagittarius season. But man, wow, I could talk about that for the whole rest of this time. I haven't watched those videos you sent me yet, but what a powerful practice any males out there listening to this look into semen retention it's super powerful like we already talked about your sexual energy literally creates life and so as a male when we waste that unnecessarily you know it, it depletes us and and so when we conserve that and don't waste it and we recirculate that energy and transmute it it's been just unbelievable. Um, really can't say enough good things about it for myself. I feel like Superman and Batman combined. I've, <laughs> I've just been elevating the whole new levels every day, meeting new, amazing people every day. And I agree, man, it's all about the people. Uh, I've said to many people, Joe Dispenza's retreat was worth it just for the people that I met alone. Like, forget about all the stuff we experienced and learned just the people. I'm like, whoa, I have some lifelong new friends, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and soul family and whatever. And so um, I'm just like, I have this thing hanging up on my wall. Life is about the people you meet and the things you create with them. So go out mm. and start creating. Mm. And here we are. We're this here is the we beginning. are. Here's the Creationeering, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Awesome. Uh, hey, Real quick, um, the semen retention concept, like this is so, so big. You know, monks would go into the mountains, right? And like, you know, nuns, they're, you know, no sexual partners. There's this concept and lineage goes so deep. Um, in my experience, it's been profound on so many levels because the degree of here-ness, right, presence, that shows up um the part of me because it's 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 not denying the animal stack right it's transmuting the animal stack into the life force that then fuels all of these upper energetic centers that exists not in matter but in energy and spirit right yeah and yeah. so for example um in my own experience of just like the transformation that's happened since like focusing on that practice of semen retention mm -hmm. is um, the negatives just, they, they don't even show up. Like there's no porn, for example. Right. right and so right. for so many people, the addiction there is just compulsion. Right. And, right. you know, the idea of enjoying the entire process, the entire journey of life, and it's not about destination, destination, destination. And so especially as men in this society, I believe in, in my experience, at least that we've been hardwired to be hard, right? To like, there's this, uh, you know, ego, you know, let's, let's inflate and, you know, I'm the shit and whatever. Right. And it's like, whoa, taking a step back from that and being able to retain your eros your sexual energy and transmute that i mean napoleon hill talks about that as being that and the mastermind were the two most impactful things in think and grow rich right, right. This is a century ago yep 
you know, and we go back in all the lineages, you know, the longer that they go, there's always stuff about this. It tends to be priests and mystics, right? That are oftentimes the ones that are practicing semen retention or they're not, they don't have sexual partners, <laughs> excuse me. And there's nothing wrong with sexual partners. Um, in fact, I think that's an incredibly amazing, beautiful aspect of this reality. You know, I have a daughter because of this and mm. oh my goodness, Tula, I love you so much. Mm. Shout out Tula. Can't wait to meet her soon. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's all over the vision board. Nice. You probably can't see that. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so I just, just wanted to double click on that for a little bit because also in these communities, I've found more often than not that the males are already doing this right mm -hmm. and if it's not like just period 100 semen retention all the time it's conscious and aware and so the the whole motivation game shifts it goes into creative aspects and like depth and story and you know energy starts flowing in all sorts of different ways and like there's full body orgasms that can happen i've experienced right like it's crazy just even deep in meditation at dispensa for example mm -hmm. during some of these meditations like you know there's one he does called body electric and mm -hmm. that's the whole thing when your entire body is lit up not just the root chakra like just your sexual organs but like when that energy is boom transmuted into the entire vessel that pfft, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you feel it, you can't unfeel it. Yep, for sure. For sure, man. And, you know, the real sexual mastery is to continue semen retention, but to be able to have sex, but then still choose to retain it. And instead of ejaculating, injaculating, you know, and recirculating, Ooh. having that old body orgasm, uh, that's possible, you know, definitely takes some work and <laughs> some mastery. And, and that's what I read about in these, you know, uh, sex enlightened sex manual, David data, and so many other books talking about that. Uh, but um, yeah, in the meantime, you know, uh, just in terms of, you know, self pleasure, masturbation is, you know, just wasting it, you're not making a life doing that, right. So in essence, you know, it's being wasted. So, um, you know, wow. powerful, powerful stuff. I just felt the metaphor there because we are constantly every day that, you know, I wake up, I'm literally, it's my birthday. I'm being reborn, right? Mm. Literally plugging into source and truth and then coming back into a hopefully recharged avatar, just mm. like our iPhone, right? Plug it in mm. your Android, plug in our devices, fill up the batteries. And once they run out of juice, they turn off. We turn off at night for a third of our lives, theoretically, and plug in, tap into that energy. And so that literally is the bridge between here on this physical planet and spirit. And so the more that I'm able to channel and transmute that eros, right, that creative energy into other pursuits. I mean, this is part of why the freestyle stuff has become so important to me. It's been the most readily accessible flow state activator and like synergy builder that i've experienced in my creative pursuits mm -hmm. i could see it wow that's beautiful um so 
let's talk about I feel like, you know, we're, we're, we could talk about so many different things, but I want to pick uh, the concept of relationships, intimate relationships. Oh, and... goodness. <laughs> uh, My man. How you feel you about straight that? Straight into the furnace. Oh, <laughs> hey, one of my favorite quotes, the cave you fear to enter contains the treasure you seek. Yeah uh intimate relationships thanks to our homeboy aubrey i went down the open relationship path and learned a lot of tough lessons you know from it um and ultimately it didn't end up working for me in the way i had it set up because one of the downsides of you know potential risks of that happening is your partner falls for the person they're hooking up with and that's what happened to me and it was brutal. And I've honestly, I never shared that publicly until the episode that I just released with Megan today. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm out there with it now. Um, and so it's been a journey for me, you know, and I don't know how I feel still about everything. Uh, is it conscious monogamy? Is it open in some a modified way? You know, what does it look like? So right now I'm just enjoying the single life and, you know, my freedom. Uh, but I'll, we'll see where that lands, but what are your, what are your takes on that? And, and just that dynamic and, you know, everything, <laughs> I know that's a big question, but I love it. I love it. This is one of the things I really appreciate about you, bro. You go straight to that truth. Like what is the resonant truth? So, mm -hmm. all right. So I'll preface this with, um, been married twice and I'm going through my second divorce right now. And it's with my daughter's mother. And, um, we separated almost a year and a half ago, and yet it's still an ongoing thing. And there's a lot of uh, unresolution here, right? Mm -hmm. Discoherence, incoherence. Um, so this has been like over the last year and a half is I've experienced the darkest days of my life mm -hmm. and the most tears I've ever experienced in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> when I think about, you know, what is what is relationship as a concept, like on the biggest level, it is, I am a sovereign individual soul. I'm here, I get this physical body. And so there's a physical connection, but I'm in relationship to everyone and everything at all times. Period. Mm -hmm. that is an ultimate truth of the one thing of reality that I've come to a conclusion on, right? Or at least that's my current framing. So with that being said, the paradigm that I operated in was either on off, black, white, you're either in relationship, and that's to exclude everything else. And there's a varying degree of unquestioned unspoken rules, boundaries, all sorts of minutia that exists in between because the truth of the matter is that we're in relationship to everyone and everything at all times. And right. so to think about what, you know, Aubrey has been a great example here. He's the person that I'm, I'm most familiar with that's been on his spiritual path and has been the most public and coherent around 
open relationship dynamics, you know, poly meaning multiple, like consistent partners and depth. And what I love about that concept is that it just feels true, right? The old model, like here, I, you know, this is my partner. They will fulfill everything in me, right? The Jerry Maguire mm -hmm. idea. You complete me. No, no, anything or anyone outside of me can complete me. That's right. by definition an impossible. And that's not an I'm hyphen possible. That's an impossible, right? right? Because right. by definition, we're all one thing. And so the more wholeness that I feel, the more integrated that I feel, period, the more I'm able to connect and bridge and experience life and relationship dynamics to different degrees and aspects. So then it comes down to what are the degrees and aspects that feels in alignment with each of these relationships? And this is, again, people, things, like our relationship to anything right meditation to food to yep. you know water to breathing yep. to movement to you know programming right it's called programming like you turn on a tv it's programming what is my consciousness being programmed into these are all relationships so right. the physical side here you know i'm reading a book called sex at dawn and they've gone all the way back ten thousand plus years and looked at, you know, societal breakdowns and structures and to think when things were tribal, you know, there's some tribes, for example, that have, you ask a, you know, a son or a daughter and they say, I have 500 fathers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 500, right? Because yeah. everyone in their tribe is their father, right? all the males are their father, every female is their mother, yep. right? And so because of that, imagine how holistically beautiful all the perspectives they're getting all the wisdom they're getting all the love when it's not single source dependent and so the old model not the old model the reason this new model was created and perpetuated over the last like i don't know, call it ten thousand years per se um in my opinion is we created an abundance of food via farming and right. so it's that agricultural transition that now created stockpiles where it used to all just be ebb and flow, right? And the land would provide, we would take what it is that we would want that felt right and in alignment. And so things would stay in balance and harmony. Um, but there was not like this, you know, there weren't refrigerators, you know, 10,000 years ago, right? Even right. 2000 years ago, there's the ground and, right. you know, and there was fire. And so as there's been stores of value, then from a political standpoint, there became more and more alliances. And so then partnerships became formed around alliances. Yep. And the, you know, institutions that have stemmed from this, you know, take religious institutions as an example, like Catholicism, as an example, um, this idea that God is separate from you, and you have to go to a person who's ordained, right, or whatever the word is, they're the intermediary that will interpret God so that you can be subservient to their message, mm. right? What if they're not an accurate representation of that? Like, I am the only one that can actually hear my truth. What is my intuition saying? What is it that's going off? So 
this whole open relationship, poly relationship. I mean, I look at the reason why my marriage broke down, right? And why my partnership ended. Um, I have questions around, you know, if, if for my partner, if she would have been more fulfilled, if it could have been open, for example, because I started to find myself being really jealous of different relationships and living in mystery where I don't think there was ever an issue of infidelity by the terms that we agreed on, right? But like, it caused me to really question because I was so ride or die, so all in that this is my partner, this is my person. And then I was in that Jerry Maguire paradigm, because then when our relationship wasn't going the way that I was hoping, I was miserable. Mm -hmm. You know, and I would exclude so many of my female friends from even having conversations out of the fear of jealousy or resentment as opposed to like yeah. that's the best sounding board on the planet for how to have relationship like talk totally. to the same sex people that are having the same experiences or if you know your orientation's different the people that are in the masculine or feminine energy right. Right. dominance right where do you totally. want to go with this oh man you're so spot on about that though dude I, to the point of where I wouldn't even have female friends because it's like, nope, don't even go there yep. because it's don't even start that. Don't even open that, you know, can of worms. It's like, well, <laughs> that's a little unhealthy, you know, to not have any female friends as a guy. What's wrong there? You know, like, what am I so afraid of? Oh, I don't want to get my girlfriend jealous because then she might think that I'm, talking to them in some other way and i don't know <laughs> i've got to be careful of how much i say exactly because i'm sure she couldn't <laughs> hear this but i you know i just like it's like what are you so afraid of if i actually am so into you then i'll keep coming back to you you're right like the fear is would overtake the whole thing and like where is the love it was gone because we were overcome by fear Mm. you know and like the and whole becomes... open poly thing i get it like if love has no boundaries and you really love this girl this person you're with why would you be so upset if some other person is giving them an orgasm you're being like hey bro high five man you, you help this girl with a tire on the side of the road high five like i thanks bro i appreciate you you helped out somebody i love but now, because you gave them an orgasm, I'm upset at you because that's mine. That's my possession. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know? We so can't I get possess it. anyone or anything. Like, that's an ultimate reality that I've come to. I, like, I don't own this body. Like, I'm leasing this body from the divine. Like, mm. thank you for this blessing of this vessel. But, like, it has a mind of its own. Like, I have congestion in my nose right now, right? And I want to blow my nose. Right. And yet I'm like, no, I need to be completely present here on this podcast. Well, I'm just leasing this thing. Like I got, you know, I get an opportunity to take care of it in different ways and listen to it. But it's not me, my spirit, my consciousness, the thing that actually animates my life is me, right? That aspect of me. And this is one expression of it. And so if I'm to say that, hey, this person right here is mine which I used to say was so much love and endearing heart openness, I thought. Right. But it's like, whoa, it's such a slippery slope here. 
you know yeah yep. that yep. being your like your ride or die so to speak your co-pilot is so different honoring that person as their own pilot as well right but as soon as it's like no 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 you're my co-pilot co-pilot subservient to me mm -hmm. i'm main pilot you're co-pilot right now it's like a hierarchical thing yeah that's not that's not conscious monogamy and that's what most people out there i feel like are doing is this other version of monogamy this perverted like we're together we're exclusive but then we lie to each other constantly or we're different people in front of each other versus in front of our friends you know like why we should be similar we should be the same the same person all the time and that's why i get conscious monogamy too like if you're really fully dedicated to each other and your spiritual evolution together and you're not completing each other but you're complementing each other you're whole on your own but then when you come together it's like this beautiful you know yin yang marrying of two souls that are actually one and you're like this one unit and you evolve together and continue on that path uh i get that also so that's why but i'm kind of like i don't know where i even lie. that can't exist we don't yeah. die of ourselves to become one unit we create an entire other unit and right. so that relationship right between you and i the podcast is a separate life form that we're now living with right this is one relationship aspect that we have it's now going to be separate from us it gets released it's now out there in the world just like mm -hmm. tula she's not my daughter i helped to bring her into fruition and yeah from an ego sense and from a lineage sense absolutely she's my daughter but she's tula she mm -hmm. is a sovereign individual being that i get the opportunity to cultivate to play with to co-create to teach to learn to like yeah yeah and and i read sex at dawn too great book chris ryan he's awesome and and like when you read it from that perspective it's like well this is just the way it that's natural to us so we have these urges and these desires that we're just suppressing <laughs> ultimately and that's powerful you know when you suppress that it's going to come out in other ways right look at all the headline scenarios like if tiger woods had a different relationship frame yeah. you know if he was just honest hey no i don't want to just be with one person intimately like physically intimately i want to be with other people all of a sudden he's just in an open relationship he's not considered this cheater all of a sudden now he's outcasted from everything because he violated the moral fabric and it's like whoa there's so many examples of this he's just a famous person that i feel like is you know relatable in that aspect but like how many times if you feel called to have a conversation with somebody how many times did you shut down that conversation because uh, i just I don't know, like my partner is probably waiting and you're like checking for like, I don't know, maybe they text me or something. Am I, am I violating some sort of boundaries versus that whole, like, you love something, let it go. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not, if it comes back to you, it's yours. If it comes back, it's more full. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally totally really really awesome i um i want to wrap this up here shortly but i want to bring up uh envision costa rica 
super, super duper excited for that. Um, it's your first time as well, right? Yeah, I've been hearing about Costa Rica from a lot of really beautiful souls. And like it shows up on the top like three to five places in the world for a lot of people. And so I'm very curious to actually go there and experience this. And the fact that it's wrapped up in, in a festival of holistic integration and fun and play in the middle of the jungle, yeah. the paradise. And I know personally like 50 plus people that are going, including yourself. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, thanks to you. Yeah, yeah brother. My yeah. pleasure. So glad yeah. that you said yes. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I have had it on the top of my list for a while and it, you know, just seemed like the right time to go and and obviously helps that there's some amazing people. I think the only people I know that are going are you and Megan. It's the only people I know. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. Well, to you're going to meet a else. lot of dear souls, a lot of soul family, a lot of soul tribe, people that you're going to immediately drop in with and be like, okay, are we in the kiddie pool or you want to go, you know, scuba dive in here? <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. I am very passionate about festivals like this and and bringing people together, the music, the art, the community, the dancing, all of it, all of it is medicine. And I'm just, just grateful that we get to experience it and be there together and just in a few short months. Uh, so, so yeah, thanks again for that. Just wanted to throw that out there and appreciate you having an extra ticket that I could purchase off you. It means a lot. Um, and yeah, I guess it feels like a good time to end. Do you have anything else that's on your mind, on your heart that you'd like to share with, with everybody? And I'm sure this is part one of, of many to come, but, uh, what, what else is, is left on your heart or mind here for everybody? Yeah. Thank you. All right, there's a place. Let's go begin. We're going to talk about my man, my friend. His name is Adrian, and he was born to win, but not in the finite, in the infinite. Yo, first time I met this guy, he just lit up. His spark, that heart, you know, it's erupting with joy and with the passion he be coming in through, and he's always feeling glad, man. Look at that smile. It'll drive you wild. That twinkle in the eyes, you know, it'll... uh. Ooh, the spark inside the soul is divine coming through here with thoughts off the mind he introduced himself as adrian which is a lover and a friend not a doctor that's separate from that hierarchy old shit you know we abandon we bring uh, it all together with fruition coming up in here with the intuition gotta make it happen every time let's do this he was like yo healing intentions let's improve this let's do a <laughs> podcast let's bring it together i was yes. like yo man that sounds really clever so we hopped on we spit a couple words dropped in our hearts and it was absurd and that's the word because we have it so much fun so thank you very much you my friend number one wow wow man you're so fucking awesome i'm really grateful we're connected bro i love you and cannot wait to see you in person soon and turn up again yeah Thanks so much, bro. Much Super love, brother. Awesome. And thank you, listener, for being here with us and experiencing this journey. Um, if you have anything that uh, you'd like to contact me about, Tyler the Drake is usually my social stuff. Freestyler the Drake on YouTube right now, but Tyler the Drake will find it all one word. Um, and then 
yeah, I'd love to connect. You know, our our soul tribe, our soul family is expanding in many different ways. And I'm not sure my orientation to all these things, you know, I've been called the passionator and I know I'm on mission when I'm helping people light up. Right. And so um, whatever it is that I can do to be of service, let me know. Awesome. Appreciate you, man. All love, all love and gratitude. Live long and prosper. <laughs>